All right, my friends, welcome to yet another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your tribal hostess, your hostess with the mostess, <laughs> and I love bringing you, you know, amazing, inspired people from around the globe. Um, I am your movement motivator, your passion instigator. I bring you movement, momentum, and magic, and I bring you delicious conversations uh, with delicious women. And today, I have a special guest from near the other Portland in Maine. Sherry Broder is here with us today. Sherry. Hello. So happy to have you here. And yeah. you know, she, she's already in the dark. She's out <laughs> me i'm still in the light she's in the dark <laughs> and and that's just just beautiful and wild and, and fantastic so how are you i'm doing great i just got back from my bass guitar lesson and uh, no way you play bass yeah i started about a year and a half ago and uh i have a fabulous teacher and i just love it it's so much fun oh my husband's a bass player oh really that's why I fell in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's a guitarist and he plays the mandolin now. And oh, right on. And I play guitar and ukulele and washboard and piano. I play the uke too. That was what I yeah. started. That was my, what Eric called, my husband Eric called my gateway instrument. <laughs> Fantastic. Don't you love it? Oh, yeah. so good. Oh, that's so good. That's so fun. I love that you're playing bass. I love it. It's a blast. Um, and so you're in uh, Maine. Yes. And you work with women predominantly or? Yeah, I work with mostly women. I've had a few um, men clients, but mostly women um, who um, are basically are foodies, but they are not happy with an assortment of things as far as their their bodies their um mm -hmm. their weight they spend a lot of energy uh that could be put towards other gifts that they have um tr you know dieting and trying to lose weight unsuccessfully and so i teach them a different way to just approach the whole food and weight and eating thing oh, God, i love that that's so important how how'd you get there <laughs> well of course we all do you know we all help people do the things that we used to struggle with right we right. teach people how to make that better and i started struggling with my weight as soon as i stopped getting taller <laughs> <laughs> and um and for decades you know i'd go on diets i'd sometimes would lose the weight it, you know i'd go off the diet i'd gain it back and um I struggled with it for many, many years, and eventually I, I went to law school, um, and I don't know why, because I was an artist, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to law school, Ooh, and I, I became, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, and I started eating compulsively when I was practicing law, so I was so miserable, it was, it was not a good fit for me, it was interesting, but it was just, kind of brought out fighting with people for a living was just not good for me. And so I started eating to dull the stress and I gained 40 pounds in four years. 
Um, and I was a pretty much almost resigned that I'm never going to fix this when um, one day, actually, through Anna Kuniki, Okay. Um, I got an email from her where she mentioned something about Martha Beck and, and, um, and one of her coaches who was doing some webinar about weight loss. And I attended it and it really resonated with me. So I ended up working with these two weight coaches in a group and they taught me a whole different way of looking at food and eating. And, um, and things happened that I, you know, when I was trying to lose weight before that, I was always just focusing on losing the weight, you know, and I used to think, oh, if I could only be the weight I want to be, I know I wouldn't gain it back and really dumb things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when I worked with them, I learned to listen to my body. And it was something I totally forgotten about as far as what to eat. I was eating for all kinds of reasons except for being hungry, you know? So, um, and really, I lost the desire to overeat. That was something I never even thought of as a possibility. And I thought, I've got to share this with every other woman who has been struggling with this and women who hate themselves because of how they look and all that and teach them that it doesn't have to be like that. Wow. That just, it makes my heart heavy and it makes my heart sing, you know, it's like to understand that pain and to be in those places and to see women, I see women like this struggle all the time. Yeah. With this. And especially as a dancer in my world. Right. And my dance is for all women, and that's really important and beautiful because it does honor all women, all ages, all sizes. Mm -hmm. And yet, I still want to bring in the fact that if you, especially using your body as your tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, our body is our tool, and no matter what we do, right? This is all we have. That's right. We get one. <laughs> right, that's it. And, and to be in it and to love it and to take care of it to keep it strong, to keep it toned, and to, and to love it, to fall in love with yourself is, is the key component in what I do. Um, well, and, and likewise, I mean, in, in a different way, but still the same, right? Well, and I think I mentioned to you when we originally corresponded that I used to be a dancer too, mm. and, um, and I still dance some, but I've, I broke my ankle 20 some years ago and it's been giving me a hard time lately so I've kind of lost that freedom but yeah I was um I used to dance it was really my first love and even though I was never you know dancer thin kind of um I always loved my body and my body was always really strong and flexible and I'm still really strong and flexible um but you know like when I after I gained the the 40 pounds above and beyond the maybe 15 or 20 that um, I'd been carrying around for a long time, it really did affect how I saw myself. And, you know, if you look at our culture, it's so, so much focused on women and how they look and not so much on men and how they look, but on women. And so we just spend so much 
energy trying to look the way someone else thinks or the media thinks we should look. Right, exactly. And then we hate ourselves when we don't, which was never an, an issue for me, but I know that that's an issue of so many women um, who I work with just have a very bad self-image because of their bodies are not the way that someone thinks right. they should be. Right. And that's huge. I mean, that is so enormously huge. And, and I've talked about this movie a few times on this before, but um, okay, now, now the name just left. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll think about it and I'll put it in the links. But, <laughs> but it, it, it was a documentary, an Australian documentary on women and how they felt in their body. And most of the women from skinny 19 year olds to anorexic 60 year olds to larger, beautiful women, they all felt disgusting. And that was the word, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Yep. Oh my God. You know, it just made my heart just break in a million pieces. And it's like, you know, where did that come from? Right? Yep. All yep. media. And, and they proceeded to talk with magazines and photographers and models and, and larger women who were becoming models and they were making different, they were making changes. Yeah. You know, in the media, which was beautiful too. Uh, and, you know, I just, I mean, I quit looking at that stuff years ago, but in my 20s and 30s, that was part of my world for sure. Yeah. You know, Vogue's and Cosmopolitan's. And as a photographer, I lived in New York City in the fashion world. And, and I, was a, I was an agent. I was a model's agent for years. And I was, mm -hmm. a, you know, worked with photographers and models. And it's like, oh, this is just, you know, it's a bizarre world. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so not real. It's so not real. And that's the point. It's just not real. <laughs> oh, and women are so objectified in that world, even more than otherwise, you know, it's, um, and, and I actually have, I have a younger sister who has had an eating disorder for most of her life. I mean, it's, it's amazing that she's still alive. Um, but you know, it was kind of how we ra were raised. My mother had this big emphasis on, how we looked and she was overweight too but was always telling us don't eat this don't eat that this is fattening or you don't need that and um and i just got absorbed in that whole diet culture and the diet culture which is so hard to understand because diets are such failures but yet a lot of people believe that's the that's what you have to do that you have to let someone else tell you what to eat and how much and when. So yeah, I don't yeah. do any of that. Wow. And just that what you just said, that's so important to have someone else tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's a place for coaches and therapists and help and doctors. I mean, there's a place for all that. But ultimately, it comes down to listening to yourself. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I teach women is how to listen to their own body and how to separate, you know, I don't, I don't tell them what to eat. Mm -hmm. I do, you know, encourage them to eat mostly foods that are good fuel for their bodies, but, but I focus way more on why they're eating and how they're eating 
And when you change those things, and when women learn to stop eating to deal with their emotional and spiritual needs, or, or to basically not to deal with them, to forget about dealing right. with them, right. Right. Um, then they eat a lot less. They, and then they use food for what it's meant for, and um, you know, which is to fuel our bodies. And yeah, it should taste good, and it's an enjoyable experience and all that, but when you use it because your relationship isn't good or because you hate your job, that's what I did. I, when I hate, I just, that law job was such a bad fit for me and I just ate to deal with the stress. And that was how I gained all that weight there. Um, And then I learned that food was not, that eating was not helping me like the job anymore. And it was not making the job any better. And as long as I could, dull those feelings by eating, I wasn't doing anything about getting the heck out of there and finding work that was much more suitable for me and for my personality. And that's what a lot of people do. As long as you're eating for emotional reasons, you're not dealing with what's underneath and what really needs our attention. So it's really, it's it's a spiritual journey, really. the whole process and and it's all it's all about that connection and and i think just that big question of why right why are you eating why do you want to eat this why 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 and when you have those answers it it helps clarify so much and and i i use that i use that question all the time why why tell me why I want to know why, you know, with my clients. And it's like, you got to know why. But how often do you hear, I don't know? Oh, God, all the time. <laughs> yeah. right? If you don't know, how am I supposed to know? You need to know. <laughs> I tell them that, you know, when they say, I don't know, it's just, no, it's not that you don't know. It's that you haven't taken the time to right. think about it so that you can figure out why. Okay, so what do you do in that case? What do you tell them? Well, I, I tell them that, they, they need, that it's important to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, in, because otherwise they can't solve anything mm-hmm. if they don't know what's really going on. And if you've been burying all that stuff, all those feelings and all those issues in your life, by just eating to not deal with them. Um, sometimes it's hard. It really does take a little bit of time to excavate, you know, to really get under there. But um, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of people who come to work with me are are pretty much they know themselves pretty well. They're pretty self-reflective, and the work really requires that because it really does require you to ask yourself. Am I hungry? And if the answer is no, which when people are starting out doing this work, it's often no because they're so used to eating for all these other reasons. Um, that then okay, so then why do you want to eat? And there's all different kinds of reasons. There's oh because that's what I do, or I mean I hear people say, well that's how I relax, um, or things like that, and. 
you know, and that's fine. If they want to use food to relax, that's fine, but it's going to prevent them from being a healthy weight because whenever we eat and we're not hungry, our body stores that energy as fat for later. And usually there's not a later in our culture. So it just kind of keeps going on. So, so I help them really know that they, they make a choice every time. And it's their choice. And sometimes they can say, oh, you know, the heck with it. I'm going to just finish the rest of this even though I'm full. Said, that's, that's what I do. I teach them to eat when they're hungry and stop when they're lightly full. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and sometimes they're going to choose. But as long as they make a conscious choice, yeah. then that's fine. That's their power to do that whenever they want. But the, if they do that a lot of the time, they're not going to you know, shed whatever weight they might want to. And I think, I mean, it's such a fine line sometimes where to cross that. I mean, even for a beautiful moment of pleasure. Yeah. Whether you're hungry or not, it might be just for that pleasure. But knowing when to stop, knowing why you're eating that thing, you know, that beautiful, delicious chocolate tort (laughs) or whatever, or, you know, maybe it's not chocolate. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know what popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I I love chocolate and I don't tell people not to eat chocolate. I just say if you're going to eat it, you're eating it because presumably you love the flavor. You know, I mean, we found out in recent years that there's some good news about chocolate as far as antioxidants and everything. But um but that's why people eat chocolate. It's it's not for the antioxidants, it's because it tastes so good. And so that's another thing I teach is mindful eating so that at least they experience the flavor as opposed to sitting in front of the TV, chomping it down and then wondering where it went, you know? I, I actually had a, a client who I worked with and it was about five months into it because um, I, I work with people for a minimum of three months because I think I'm working on changing habits and it takes at least that long to do that. But about, so about five months into working with this woman, she was, you know, doing some of the things I had suggested. And one day we're, we're on zoom on a call together. um, And she said, you know, I realized I don't even really like chocolate all that much. And she'd been binging on chocolate for years. And once she actually ate it and paid attention to it and really tasted it, she was like, yeah, this is okay, but I don't love it as much as I thought I did. And I think it's a, I think it's a, a societal thing. It's like, oh, chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. The indulgence and the, and of course all the ads. There you go. It's all media, right? Right. No, that's absolutely right. In fact, I read, I read <laughs> somewhere that I think kids who watch TV with all these ads for junk food and junk cereals and all that. Mm-hmm. that they tend to eat 45% more, 45%, because the TV says, oh, don't you want this? Go get this. And I don't think you've ever heard a commercial where they say, are you hungry? Well, if so, <laughs> we've got something good for you. Are you hungry? Yeah. Uh, and that goes with anything with the media. I mean, all the shopping, blah, 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 and all the medicine stuff. I mean, it's just like kind of overwhelming yeah i don't tend to watch that stuff very much but when i do I it's watch like, much. oh my god 
Yeah. Well, usually when we watch TV, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I know. I was just going to, I was just going to start to follow your path a little bit. So what a beautiful, beautiful offering, uh, many offerings that you have for your people. Um, so what's been, what's been hard? What's been some of the hustle for you? Oh, you mean from a weight perspective or from building my business? Uh, both. <laughs> well, for me, um, as far as the weight, it, I really, by the time I started working with these two coaches, I was really ready to dive in. But I found that because I'm one of these people who um, I'm high energy, I always think I can do a lot more than I really can, that I would make all these excuses so that I, for not eating mindfully. Mm. And so that was the hard part for me. Um, I, I was great at starting to eat when I was hungry, stopping when I was lightly full, learning what that felt like, because I pretty much overate at like every meal before that time in my life. Um, but yeah, just really realizing that if I stop, first of all, eating doesn't take all that long, but if I really pay attention that I'm a lot more satisfied that with what I'm eating. And I really probably eat at most two thirds of what I used to, but I'm, it's a lot more enjoyable. I enjoy what I actually eat more than I used to. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was hard for me. And I still find myself occasionally making excuses like, Oh, you have so much to do. Well, you know, maybe if you just eat lunch on the way to base lessons, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, nope, nope, don't want to go down there. I work too hard to, to, to slide back into those bad habits. But, um, but the other question, I think when I decided I wanted to become a coach and help people, you know, learn how to be a healthy weight and to free themselves from this nasty relationship that so many people have with, you know, food and weight and eating. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think about, okay, what's, what's involved in building a practice? <laughs> and that was super hard. That was just a lot of work and I didn't know what I was doing at first. And um, then with the help of a business coach, um, you know, and figuring out what I needed to do, but it's, it's still hard work and there's a lot of risk and you put yourself out there as I'm sure, you know, from your work that we put ourselves out there and there's, there are people who are critical and, um, or we just think people might be critical before we actually, and then we say, Oh, so we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so we're, I, I find as somebody who's, I think I had a gift of being naturally self-confident. Mm -hmm. I still found myself questioning myself and, you know, my opposer and my, any good at this and. Oh, you can fall into that whole imposter syndrome and. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And, and and sometimes it looks so easy, but people don't see the backside. All, well, all the things, all the things. <laughs> yeah, somebody said, I mean, maybe it was like Seth Godin, I can't remember, but said something like, um, you know, everybody who's an overnight success worked for 10 years. Right, right. <laughs> it's hard to get there, you know. 
so true. Yeah. Overnight success isn't going to happen, but. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Maybe Ringo Starr, you know, he's no, anyway. <laughs> um, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, good. So what, what motivates you now? Well, it's just so gratifying to help people. And the, what I really love is that the, you know, I mean, obviously not everybody is successful. And the thing about um, wanting to change your relationship with food and eating after you've had these habits for whoever, you know, however long. Um, but these lights go on in people and they're like, they, they use the word liberation is what I hear the most. It's so liberating to after years of, I shouldn't eat this and I can't eat that and that's bad and this is good and I should be doing this and I should be exercising this much and whatever, to just be able to listen to their body, feed themselves according to those needs, um, move their bodies in ways that feel good to them and not to like punish themselves for eating too much, you know, mm -hmm. and they just feel this liberation and it's just so gratifying for me to, to help people overcome what I struggled with for so long. And, you know, like I said, so much of women's energy is wasted on that, you know, in this day and age with take down the patriarchy and me too and all that other stuff, we could be spending our time and energy on things that are a whole lot more important than, you know, what our thighs look like. Mm, wow. That's huge. Yeah. Well, I and can I walk in a bunch of different directions on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you decide. Where do you want to go? But no, it's so true. And, and we get so caught up in the ego or, yeah. or whatever it is at that point, instead of doing the stuff that's the most meaningful, instead of allowing ourselves to flow and uh, follow the dreams instead of what we think we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to be doing, the shoulds. You talked about the shoulds. You should be doing yeah. this, should be doing that. Should be, like, take that word out of your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely and put in put in the words that are going to help you find yourself listen to yourself um, believe in yourself love yourself so that you can go out and experience the fullness and the beauty and the richness of life right i that that's so true because that's what gets in the way if um people are so much happier as a result too because instead of ignoring what they really need and just eating to forget about it um they're actually making positive changes in their lives um and addressing the issues because they realize you know okay yeah i want to eat because um you know, as I said, my example was because I don't like my job. Um, well, you know, my job's not going to get any different because I'm eating. It's just, I'm just going to get heavier and less healthy. And then, and you know, my mother had, um, when she was my age, and I'm 63, she had um, 
a heart attack and triple bypass surgery. And then she had a stroke, a massive stroke, like nine years after that. And I just didn't want to follow that path. And I knew that by being, you know, 60 pounds overweight, that that was increasing my chances. Although I don't, you know, pass judgment on other people about what they think their weight should be. And I do believe that I, I know plenty of women who are overweight and they appear at least to me to be healthier than people who, some people who aren't, but, the, but that's a choice people get to make, you know? Um, it's a choice and it's an attitude and it's an awareness. Yeah. Well, how you live and how you feed yourself. I mean, and like I was saying, that goes back to some of the dancers. I have beautiful, larger women. Mm -hmm. And and it's about their beauty and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because they love themselves and they take care of themselves. And it's not about being skinny. It's about being beautiful in their way, in their vision and holding themselves accountable, mm -hmm. being conscious and aware of food and nutrition and treating yourself, your body as your temple. Yeah. 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 Because I think, you know, when we're, when we eat and give our body food that it doesn't need, or, you know, if we give our body a lot of junk that doesn't, you know, that's not good for us, we're, it's really kind of, we're abusing it. Um, and, you know, again, people can make that choice, but that there are ways that they can learn how to um, eat, not want to even do that, you know? Um, because really, once people stop eating for emotional reasons, that's all that's left is hunger, you know? And so I was just thinking, I don't know if you're familiar with Larry Kegwin's dance company or not, but maybe they're an East Coast thing. I think they're out of New York. But um, we saw them a couple months ago, and there were dancers there who were um, what I would consider overweight, um, of different, different size bodies, and, and it was a small company. And I thought it was great, and definitely the you know weight did not affect one there any of the dancers abilities or anything like that you know it was it's the beauty as you said it, and they were beautiful and it's and it's all it's self-perception and self-awareness um and it's still taking care yeah right so for instance you know i've heard uh heavier women dancers say oh my knees hurt Mm -hmm. I can't do those moves because my knees hurt. Well, what's the cause of the knees hurting? I mean, so, yeah. you know, it's all that. It's all the body awareness and it's taking care of the medium. It's taking care of the tool and, and treating it with love and respect. So you can be large and you can be small and you can be old and you can be young and it doesn't matter as long as, as you have that that self-awareness and that self-love and, and listening, right. And connecting, connecting. I think that comes down to so much of it. And I just had this conversation with someone else. It's all about your connection with yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I tell, I always tell people that you can't hate yourself thin. I mean, there's some- Oh my God, that should be like a bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I love it. You can't hate yourself thin. People, did you hear that? Oh my God. (laughs) Well, so many women think, well, how am I going to motivate? If I love myself, I'll never motivate myself to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's actually the opposite is true, that if you don't love yourself, then why take care of your body? Why try to take better care of your body? Um, and hate, you know, when was the last time that hate ever brought about anything good in the world anyway, really? Oh, oh there we go, yeah. So it's, it's just a destructive thing. Um, but no, I think what I, what I think ends up happening with the approach that I take is that it just, people get to a certain you know, when they're eating in touch with their body signals, um, some of them, you know, they lose different amounts of weight, obviously, but, um, but they seem to be happier. It's not like they're trying to be the weight that they were when, you know, if I'm working with someone who's 50, that she's going to end up, she wants to look the way she did when she was 20. There, it's more like, it's just kind of everything falls into a natural balance and um you know some other weight coaches tend to focus more on reaching your goal weight um and that i don't know i'm not so big on that as i am helping people just enjoy food um not learn not to overeat learn not to emotionally eat be mindful um meditation i i try to encourage, I can't, obviously can't force anybody to do anything, nor do I want to. I mean, that's one of my main, my main things too, is you've got to get into a meditation practice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you want to be mindful about your eating, you've got to be mindful about your life. Mm -hmm. You can't just apply it to just one little narrow aspect, you know, and meditation, as far as I know, is the best way to um, become mindful. Beautiful. Oh, that just brings us right back to ourself. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Sherry, that's so great. You're doing really amazing work in the world. Well, thank you. I I really, I enjoy it. It's very fulfilling. And um, yeah, I wish I could help everybody, (laughs) but not everybody is in that right place to uh to do this work and some people are actually afraid of self-reflection you know oh, so true boy i see that all the time all the time too um it, it's, yeah it's, it's like it's a, they're afraid. That overeating comes in because they're afraid of themselves i mean that's just one aspect you know overindulgence um yep not paying attention just you know fill yourself up get busy busy right busy. oh yeah i'm so oh, that's busy. Another i don't one. have time to meditate i don't have time to self-reflect i'm so busy it's like oh boy Woof. that's gonna come back and bite you <laughs> yeah yeah what's that old zen saying that you know there's something about well every uh, that you should meditate for 20 minutes a day unless you're too busy in which case you should meditate for an hour right absolutely absolutely it's so true it's so true so easy to make excuses not to do that but um and and put blame on other people and things and find ways to 
yeah, find ways to make excuses. So people out there in hard hustle land, <laughs> what is your takeaway? What are you hearing today? I mean, this is so important and so juicy. And again, it comes back that this is it. This is it. This is all we have is our body. And why not take the time to love it and be in it and be present and be aware and conscious and fuel it with what it, it asks for. Fuel it with what you desire. And not only in food, right? But all in, in all aspects of life. Fuel it. Oh with, yeah. Fuel it with what feeds you. Yeah. Move it in ways that feels good. That's not you know, damaging your body and just listening to it because our body has so much wisdom and we ignore it, you know? It's kind of crazy. So stop that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop it. Listen to your body. Yeah, really good. Sherry, so good. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Well, thanks so much for having me. And you're just doing some amazing stuff too. And I'm glad that we connected and oh, me too. could have this conversation. Yeah. So thanks and, so much. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and friends out there, I will definitely give you all of Sherry's links so you can go check out her programs and um, spaces to be in. And that's really important too. So join her tribes as well. And in fact, I have a, my Facebook group is called Ditch the Diet Tribe. Oh, love it. Okay, <laughs> there you go. So those of you who are desiring that for your life, you can join Sherry on that journey. And I thank you all for being here again with me today and with us today. And until we meet again, many blessings to all of you. Mwah! Out in heart and hustle land. I am Paulette Reese-Denis, your tribal hostess. And we will see you again soon. <laughs>